On today's episode of Puro's Miners, bro, we review the Miners' narrow win over Houston Baptist. We break down where the Miners must go from here. Some football recruiting notes and preview weeks two matchup on the road with Texas Tech. Puro's Miners, bro. And welcome to Puro's Miners, bro. Mondo the Moss Medina, along with my man, my main tag team partner, Alex Nicolas. Alex, what's up, baby? 1-0, and o, baby. That's what's up. That's exactly what's up. 1-0. and o, UTEP beats Houston Baptist. And what did I say when we first started the, the podcast a couple of weeks ago? It doesn't matter if you win by 17 or by 1. It's a win. They won by two. True, true, to a point. Even though, even though they were favored by 17. 18 and a half, excuse you, sir. Really? It went, did go Who up. Who had them at 18? It did go up. It went up probably Friday night to Saturday morning. It went up to 18 and a half. It did open at 17 and a half. So really? There were some points laid on the minors, and you know, you're know, you right. A win is a win. You well, know, Obviously, well, we'll, we'll get into it, but for, I want to know. You know, week one, yes, sir. New radio station, yeah, that was kind of new too. vibes. Well, how, yeah. how how was the sidelines, I, man? I, I had a crazy day on Saturday. I think I lost about maybe two pounds. I'm not even joking. I think I lost like five pounds on Saturday because <laughs> it, it was hot. Um, oh, yeah. The one thing is that last year, um, and I can talk about this because I'm not talking. To, it's all public what I'm about to say. Uh, last year, the uh, people that had the broadcasting rights were called IMG. This year, it's a new company called Van Wagner. So with that, like, they get all brand new equipment, things of that nature. So um, first game, you know, you know, first game for like the, because we'll talk about the the football team. You know, it's the first game, real speed, uh, game speed, things of that nature. They got to get used to it. On the broadcasting side, it's the same thing. It's oh, yeah. the first game, you know, you got to have jitters. Last like, week of high school football. Like for me, Town Talk Sports, El Paso, by the way. Uh, for me, like my first hit, it was okay. I, I'm not going to say that I nailed it. You got to get comfortable, you know. You got to get used to being on the field, the noise, the ambience, you know, everything like that. Um, but, yeah, we kind of had a, t- a couple of technical issues there uh, during the game, but it's expected. I mean, I have some funny stories to tell. I mean, I don't know if you want to do it now. Do or, tell. Do tell. All right. <clears throat> so, first of all, I thought the crowd was tremendous. Yes. El Paso stand-up, man. A late-arriving crowd, but still, the crowd showed up, and, you know, you had 35,000 strong there. They said a little bit over tw- a 34, but I'm going to give you the extra, like, 500, you yeah. know? so, And I'll be honest with you, that construction that they're having on the press box side, you know, where they kind of limit, I think it's, like, with the, I think uh, that limits, like, at least, like, 2,000 or 3,000 people from sitting there. I thought it was actually better because people were sitting all around that area, so it actually made that area seem more full. That's that's how what, what my take when I when I remember to look up and things of that nature. Because for me, sometimes I don't even notice the crowd because I'm so focused on what's going on to the game. I'm listening to Tysha and Bernie on the broadcast, things stuff of that nature. So following Don Hearn for injuries, yes, exactly, and um, stuff like that. So I really don't pay attention to the crowd, like. I'll be hundred percent honest with you. I had no idea that they had like a full and no and no disrespect because I'm busy. I'm doing stuff like one of my stories. I'm gonna tell you and it's funny stories and it's all my fault because it's the first game. I had no idea they had that folklorical thing at halftime. No idea until uh, today. Today's Monday, Labor Day. Happy Labor Day, brother. Happy Labor Day. You, you know, it feels good to be. I, out, I, I, of- I didn't start. I didn't see the videos until today. You know, because I'm busy doing stuff. You know, getting halftime stats doing stuff that I should have done before, didn't realize it. So here's part of the problem 
that with that construction, it makes it harder for us to get to the press box. The people that are actually working, not only for for the media, but also the coaching staff. Because remember, UTEP doesn't have any elevators. Like I don't know how it is uh, this Friday or Saturday when we go to Texas Tech and Jones Stadium. Yeah, if you, they have an elevator, yeah, you got to go. It, it's 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 pretty intricate, but there's the elevator. You know, to get to the top. like 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 last year. Uh, Tennessee, we had an elevator to get the press box. Uh, we did not have one at Rice. Rice was kind of like YouTube. Actually, I take it back. Rice, I think they had some type of elevator. I don't know. Like, you kind of get confused. There was not an elevator at Western Kentucky. You know, that that actually reminded me kind of like being like at Bowie. Like, that one was like, <laughs> a, like a hike. I take it back. There was an elevator to get to, like, the, the mid-level, but then you still had to hike to get to the press Top. box. You know, but there's some like um, Tennessee, like, yeah, the elevator all the way through, dog. You're good to go. So anyway, so it affected a lot of people. So part of my job uh, and being the sideline reporter for the UTEP Minor Broadcast is, uh, of course, talking about what's going on through through the game, you know, giving you updates, uh, injury updates. And the first injury update, I was very sad to talk about because uh, when it happened, I could tell right away. Um, but we'll talk about that later. But. And the funny stuff that happened to me is that, so part of my thing is the post-game interviews as well, right? So uh, the post-game interviews, me, myself, I have my headphones and my receiver, my wireless microphone, right? Okay, good. So when we do the post-game interviews, you hear the coach answering the questions. But how is the coach going to hear Tysher when he's talking to him? The answer is, well, I have to carry another pair of headphones and a splitter, right? So my first game, you forget stuff. You forget stuff because normally we have all that <laughs> stuff set up. And because when the where UTEP does the press conferences uh, there at the Durham Center, underneath the Durham Center, we already have the unit set up, you know. So Taisha told me he already had it set up, but we got new equipment. Hey, we're going to test out this wireless thing that we've got. All right, cool. So the old system was still set up minus the headphones. Remember that. So when I go test the where we want to do the stuff with the wireless microphone, it's good. Okay, so I forget about the headphones. Remember the headphones. <laughs> so then the game first half happens. You know, we're having a good time, you know, ups and downs. And it truly felt like a college football game. You go through the through the highs, you know, like I was very happy that Praise got that first sack because I told you guys about him. I kept telling you about Praise, number 23. I'm we a told them about You know, we did, yes. But I'm saying me because I, I specifically said That's that in my, in my pregame, mm-hmm. you know, that you look out for Praise. He's going to do some stuff. He's going to be exciting that he's that spark. You know, he's got that energy. And that's what, that. what he's done. He makes me look proud. He makes it, he made me look good. And I was like just – and I told him I told him in the pregame show that he was going to do that. You know, I'm just – I'm bragging, but I told you because I do notice some of these guys – Anyways, so we go through the first half, right? And then I just told you how hard it was to get to the press box. Because now you for us to get to the press box, we actually have to go in between the second level, whatever you call it. Actually, the first level where everybody else is on the concourse or whatever, you know, where you buy your right. snacks and stuff like that. So, you know, at halftime, it's going to be packed. So at halftime, with like about 10 minutes after halftime, I started whatever. I was going to look at the halftime show whatever. I'm on the field. All of a sudden, I'm like, I need the headphones for the for the post game interview. So I had to like run 
all the way up to the to the press box, you know, into the stadium, you know, like run through the through the crowd, whatever, go all the way up. How many people? Hey, monster! Hey, monster! Hey, monster! Uh, well, so I, I'd stop quick. <laughs> I'd stop quickly for to say hi to people because you don't want to be too rude and stuff like that. So I get up there, get the headphones. Um, thankfully, there was about maybe like three minutes left to go before kickoff, but I was like, that's when I started talking to people and things of that nature, you know. Because um, it's, I mean, think about if it's, think about just doing stairs. It's like you're just doing stairs because it's the stadium. So I get, <laughs> I get on the the field. Everything's going good. Now, what what's happening? The game is going on, right? We have new new uh, equipment there at the game. But I'm, I'm gonna I'm just gonna tell you my headphone stories, okay? So then, let's just the game is over. They win the game, right? So then. I have to like I'm celebrating with the guys because I'm happy for them. You know, I'm like high fiving, like coach, uh, coach Mike Cox, giving him a big hug for the victory. You know, like fist bumping coach Dana Demo. I'm walking with them like they're about they're like already going onto the the mine shaft. I'm walking, I'm walking, I'm walking. All of a sudden, I remember I don't have the headphones with me. I had to run all the way back to where I put them on the. Uh, where they have the UTEP has the equipment. There's like a little place where I can put it. I had to run all the way back, like from the field, just to go get them and then run all the way back so we can be <laughs> there in time for the um, for the post-game show and stuff like that, you know. So so think about that. But that that's not even the worst part of it. The worst part of it for me, since we have new technology, first game, you're going to have kinks. So we have wireless, since I have a wireless uh, setup, we have transmitters and receivers. So my mic is a transmitter. They have the receiver up there, right? So right before halftime, the uh, either way, it's either way. I'm the receiver, the transmitter, whatever it was. Right. The one that they have in the press box died. The battery just went dead because it's a brand new unit. They're using rechargeable batteries. So, so Tysher came to me on the field and Mondo, what happened? And that's what you hear, cause it's and, nice. and then then they're like, um, and then they kind of realize, okay, the receiver turned off, or we're gonna the transmitter turned off, we're gonna put new batteries, or whatever. Okay, that's fine, you know. So that happens. That's before halftime. So then, the game is going on. Four minutes left in the ball game. Four minutes left in the ball game. Important part, you know, because that was a drive basically that Utah basically sealed the deal and things of that nature before they got the. I can't remember. That's when they had already had the the fumble recovery or whatever. Four minutes. Before the game ends, the battery on my wireless microphone dies. Oh my Literally God. dies. So my wireless microphone is not working. The most important part of the game. So guess what I had to do? Hike. I sprinted up the sumbo, like the through the stands, through the people, up the other part, got to the press box. Barry Sanders going up the yes, press box. Yes, I was like sprinting up there, you know. So, y'all go next time you go to Sunball, you're on the field. Just imagine the field, and I had to run all the way from the bottom Tres all the way to the top. three times. Think about that. So I'm I'm like like gassed, you know. <laughs> the the only thing that helped me is that I think UTEP took a timeout. And I think the Houston Baptist took a timeout Late, in yeah. that, you know. Yeah. So, oh, we'll talk about that. You t- I know it's so, timeout you're talking about. So when I, when, about when, when I finally like got back on the field, there was two minutes left in the game. So think about that. In the span of two minutes of game time, I ran all the way up, 
Got my new batteries put into my microphone and came all the way down. I was over. I'm not gonna lie to you. I was overheating. You know, I was oh, like, yeah. I felt like I played too. And to the you're point that yellow, you were in an orange shirt. There was yeah. probably some sweat spots. Oh no, nah, man, all day. Because I mean, it was. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie to you. It was hot down there. It was. There. Yeah. It, it was, was very hot Saturday. down there. Uh, but for me, I found it all exciting. I thought I just I. I didn't get upset because that was the first game. You like from all that the, the headphone stuff. That is a hundred percent on me because I should have known all that stuff. That I should remember. You should keep the headphones with you. you already have them down there because, like for example, like next week or oh, this Saturday when we're at, at the Jones Stadium taking on Texas Tech, I'll, I'm gonna have the headphones with me the whole time, stashed, ready to go. But at home, I kind of forget about that stuff because you know. But it's the first game for everybody, so you have some kinks, some bumps, some bruises, so, just like the team. So, so, what's to say? It was, it was it was hilarious. Pre-snap penalties, special teams confusion, blown coverages, and radio problems. That's exactly. week one of the college football. Man, season. even my man Ty said the wrong station once or twice. You know, <laughs> so because it's a brand new station. So, but uh, I, I thought it was hilarious what I went through. I thought for me, like that's how I'm going to remember the season, like all the the mess ups that I made. You know, but I know for the next broadcast i'm gonna improve exactly. because of that and i think that's the same thing's gonna happen with this utah football team so it was a good week a good week for the miners uh you know started the week off obviously you know started kind of the last two week period with you know some sad news obviously with the passing of luke but um you know coming in together for this game being able to come back for a win not only that but utah also picked up a commit on the recruiting trail and this one was a good one Jaden Goodwin, oh yeah, if you don't know by yet, it's been around for a couple weeks, but Jaden Goodwin, the brother of UTEP freshman quarterback, TJ Goodwin, three-star defensive back out of Cy Falls. Cy Falls is one of the top def- or one of the top teams in the Houston area. That's a team you're probably going to see go three, four rounds deep in the playoffs. He's a 6'1", 175 defensive back, three-star recruit, a guy that you can probably plug and play anywhere at the high school level, either on offense or defense. I think he's more of a defensive back here at UTEP. A great, great pickup there. And, uh, uh, you know, we picked up his brother, another three-star quarterback, led them, I believe, to the state title game or a really deep playoff run during his senior year. And also UTEP's after one of an offensive lineman there, um, big left tackle there. So UTEP making some inroads, Cy Falls, the Houston area. That's what you got to do in terms of recruiting, um, in my opinion. I, I love recruiting the Houston, the Dallas area, and I love being able to get brothers being able to get two actual brothers blood brothers that that's how you build well, a pipeline they've already got a couple of brothers on that team right. the, the buckingham brothers you know i don't think any of them saw playing time of course max had an injury at surgery uh christian couldn't play but sonny was available to play but i don't think he was he got into the game speaking of that i'm gonna like because we even like talked about that during the the game broadcast one of the things i talked about in my pregame show but one of the stuff that we talked about in the podcast last week that I was looking forward to seeing, of course, Josh Fields from Americas, Ray Flores from Isleta, and then, of course, Dion Hankins from Parkland getting into the game and seeing what he could do. Of all of those, Dion never got into the game. Right. You know, and and at a certain point, I could totally understand because once Trayvon Hughes basically took over the running game and they put him in that option, you know, I want to really call it a wildcat formation, right. but once he was actually basically like, being the he he established himself as the running back of this team on Saturday, you know, especially for specifically for this game. So I really, but I, I'm not gonna lie, to you, I was kind of, I was kind of waiting for them to put Dion in. Right now, nah, I we'll get into that. I don't think that's gonna happen anytime soon. But to finish on this recruiting, though, there was some 
sad recruiting news that happened Friday night um, involving a local recruit, like Monster saying about the El Paso kids. So you have Jaime Escobar, 6'5", 310 offensive tackle um, from El Paso Burgess. We gushed about him on our last podcast or a couple, I think the past two podcasts we've talked about how good that this kid, a good pickup that he is. He broke his leg against Parkland, a overtime thriller, one of the best games in the city Friday night. Um, Check out the, you got to pimp our website there. Check out the the recap, uh, Town Talk Sports El Paso dot com. We want to get some details on that. But Jaime Escobar broke his leg and he's out for the season. Uh, Felix Chavez El Paso Times broke that one, so hope that he uh, broke that story. So hopefully he can come back and, and recover. Um, still, I think a really good prospect, regardless of what happened. But definitely hate to see that uh, happen so early in the season with a crew, recruit with so much talent. Um, and obviously that's going to hurt Burgess's chances um, with the running game. They'll recover, but. Or speed recovery to Jaime Escobar there. So recover, uh, recovering there, some recruiting notes for you. Now let's get into it. Houston Baptist, 36-34, UTEP squeaks out a home win. And you could look at this from two sides. And we've already given you one side of a win is a win. Um, you know, this is a program, you know, a UTEP program that, I mean, think about it, we're begging for wins. The last time um, a team, a college football team not named Stanford won in the Sun Bowl, you know. I got one better for you. The last time that Aaron Jones was in a Utah minor uniform, that's the last time they'd won a home Yeah, and, and, you know, so you, you take any wins that you can, particularly over the past three seasons, um, you know, after, the, obviously, the winless season last year and including this one, so you take it. Um, and then you look at the other side of it where, you know, okay, Utah really struggled to beat a Houston Baptist team. Uh, you know, it took all four quarters every minute of the game. I'm looking at this angle that, you know what, we kind of expected this. We called this. We said the defense was going to struggle. We knew the offense had some talent, which stepped up and rose to the occasion. This UTEP team, let's just be honest, they, they, they won a game against a lesser opponent, but we knew that they are going to have their issues coming into the season, and it showed. It showed, but at the end of the day, guys stepped up, they made plays, and, and it's a work in progress. This team showed to us, yes, you know, there's still a lot of work to be done, but the fact that Brandon Jones made a big play on third down late in the ballgame, that the defense came up with a, a, a big play late in the ballgame. Yeah, the defense gave up so many yards through the air. Um, they were off. We talked about this. Well, we talked that's, about that's, their alignment problems we, were going to yeah. be an issue. You know, yeah. pre-snap recognition was going to be a problem. Communication in the secondary we kind of saw this work coming, and we're not here saying, "Oh, oh, you know, we're correct." But you know, well, we we talked about well, we it. Knew- we talked about it that this team was going to be a fast-paced offense, kind of like the way Texas right. Tech was under Mike Leach, and they knew they're going to have the situations. And when they went to that. That's exactly what happened. They're being lit up. You know, the wide receivers are like wide open. Now, what I didn't expect, and I know a lot of people are, are giving praise, and of course, he, he won the ball game. but Brandon Jones really kind of, it was an up and down game. It wasn't the best game for him. It was a real up and down game. And you take away that pick six, you know, let's take that away. Yeah. Um, that's pretty much the way I thought it would go. And I said it was going to be 41-24 UTEP. I didn't think it would be close. I, we knew that UTEP would be able to run all over them. But the main struggle for me, uh, when we talk, let's talk about offense first, was that pass protection. Um, that, that, that's a big concern for me. That's a really big concern for me because we didn't really see that so much in, in, in camp. Um, you know, Maybe that says a little bit about UTEP defense, which we'll talk about here in a little bit. But, I mean, the, the pass protection for you, you were seeing it down on, on the yeah, – seeing was, it on, on, on basically firsthand. I mean, what, what were your, I, what were your I, thoughts I was on that? very surprised about that, especially with the fact that almost everybody going into this game, especially on that offensive line, is healthy. Right, exactly. You know, so, but then at the same time, like it's it's been a while since these, since these guys have actually played. 
Uh, and I think I also attested to that they're not really hitting that hard during practice because because they don't want because because even Brandon Jones even uh, the one thing I'll give Brandon Jones is that he'll like attest to his mistakes because when I talk to him in the pre the, the only thing about the the uh, for me when I do the interviews with the coaches and the players is that I I can't record them because I'm obviously on the air when we're doing them right. you know so uh, but the first question I asked Brandon Jones because he did throw that pick six but then the very next drive he like it's almost like he just said you know what I'm just gonna run this ball and he the first thing he did he picked up like a 22 yard uh, gain and then he had a huge gain and then they scored a touchdown so I straight up asked him after that pick six. How how big was it for you for your confidence to go out there and just be able to score that touchdown? And he said it was huge. And one of the things that he agreed upon, because you know when he when he hit Trayshawn Wood for that eighty something yard touchdown, that was a thing of beauty. And he admitted that he could have had him about two more times, but he just missed time oh, a little bit. He did. But for him, what he said is that hey, it's like actually it's a big the big thing is actually getting hit for the first time, then also getting used to the game speed because these guys when they're practicing, you got to remember too the the uh, the defensive linemen they're not gonna they they know they can't hit the quarterback, so they're not gonna go. 100 percent well at least that's how i think in practice because if they go to 100 percent they're gonna they're gonna hit the, the quarterback it's gonna be hard for hard for them to stop but that's one of the things that he admitted that hey you know what uh the game speed was one thing and then you know not not getting it but now he got hit it got used to it so you'll be better in the next week that's what he said and, and that and that's where i think is the problem and you that that's a great point that that that's the point of of where i'm frustrated with the coaching staff in, in week one um, it's not so much their game plan or execution. I thought the players really played hard, but I think you you, you kind of got to you got to change that mentality now. I, and I get it, you know, it's 2019. You want to protect with injuries, but you could just tell that the blitz pickup, the, the, exactly what you're saying, the lack of game speed, the blitz pickup was terrible because they haven't seen those live bullets coming at them. And, and you could tell right away it was that first drive. I think they sent a linebacker blitz to the C gap on the right side, and the guard should have kind of slid over for that linebacker coming this way and said the guard took the nose uh, took the, the three tech who was crashing the a gap that right there opened up a wide open lane and that was the first sack where that linebacker came i think it was the first quarter one of the first or it was actually the second drive of the game um you know and that stalled it yeah. that, that still was a third down situation and that right there showed me that they hadn't seen that they haven't worked and, on and that did, uh, uh, and then not only that but you go to the defensive side more than ever the game speed really really affected the defense and of course it's the high tempo but more so the routes that houston baptist was running you can tell that UTEP hadn't defend those full speed. Some of those quick little out routes, defensive backs were kind of behind, two steps behind. Not only that, but the tackling. The tackling was was pretty horrible and, and, and in the run game. A lot of guys being bounced off of. That right there, I think, you know, when we went up to Rio Doso that week one, I kind of enjoyed the no tackle practice because it was week one. But I think you got to change that. And the, as, as you get closer to the season, you got to have some periods where you're live tackling. I remember, too, they, you, didn't, they didn't tackle during the spring game either. So I, I think that's a big problem. And I think that full speed is why you, it, to me, that's the main reason why UTEP struggled with Houston Baptist. You know, and that's not an excuse. You know, that I, I, that's not really an excuse to say it's 36 34. If you think about it, Houston Baptist left four points out on the field. Uh, you know, maybe, they missed a the field they, goal, they missed an extra point. I, I mean, we're sitting here, you know, I don't want to praise it too much because this could be a 37-36 win for Houston Baptist. But at the same time, UTEP found a way to do it. But like I said, I, I really think the coaches put the players in a bad situation because they were so hands-off. You have to have some sort of period. I mean, th th this is... See, but, yeah, I, but at the same playing, time, let me hit you on the other side, is that you got a coaching staff that, 
last year every week one of their one of their Agreed. main guys was going off. They're getting injured every single time, and it happened again this this week. But when you're talking about the big guys up the middle, like I don't, I can understand why they were like that. But you see, now that you you're talking about it too, like. I mean, that's why you kind of hit a practice. Yeah, and, and, and like I said, it's not so much every day, but you have to throw some sort of period in there. And not only that, and I'm going back to the Kugler days when, when I talked with Sean about how physical his practices were. And when he said, you know what, the first year they had a lot of injuries. Second year, he did a great thing. He went up to an NFL, uh, uh, back to his NFL roots, and they, he got notes on how to practice, how to tackle, how not to roll up on guys. And we didn't. We, you saw the injuries kind of go down a little bit more so in the game. So I, I, there's ways to there's ways to avoid that. And I just think it kind of got UTEP behind the eight ball. Um, but you know, overall, I mean, I mean, you know, th- let's talk about the strengths now. The running game. I mean, Trayvon Hughes and, and and obviously a big game for him. But I mean, just bully ball out there, bro. There's really yep. there's no there's, yep. we we don't got to get technical when, when breaking down Trayvon Hughes' game because that was bully ball and that's what we expected. Um, and twofold on that, I, f- I kind of felt that Houston Baptist was throwing some punches back too, you know, a- a- as good as UTEP was. But Trayvon Hughes, man, that's something to build on. Not only was the kid out there making plays, but he was running with a purpose. You oh, know, yeah. watching that second half, he was running with a purpose, and that's what you need. You need that guy, that, that, that senior leader to be able to take to take over the game. And not only that, but how about Josh Fields, that explosiveness he that job. he had. You know, very minimal in terms of, of, of what he got. You know, obviously Trayvon was the man. You give him 23 carries. But to get six 61 yards off seven carries against that defense that was really kind of honed in on the run game for UTEP, which kind of opened up Trey Wolf in the passing game. But when Josh got the ball, it was explosive. And you you kind of felt that he had that home run hitting ability, kind of like Quadres Wiley. And that's going to be a big thing going forward for UTEP about Josh Fields. What was your take on the UTEP running game? Oh, I, I think the UTEP running game did a good job. You know, and not only did uh, you talk about Trayvon, you talk about Josh, you know, uh, when they put Ray, it was more like a blocking up formation right. there. But I, I was even impressed with Brandon Jones as well, his running capability, because he's not known as a running quarterback. That was a Kyle Loxley's job, that he, he had the legs. So I was impressed with uh, the running game, no doubt there. Sometimes I was like, why don't you just do the running game as opposed to like passing? And when they finally kind of, when that when that light kind of clicked on, when they were down in the middle of the third quarter, that's I think that's when UTEP basically took over this game because right. that's when it happened because the running the running game basically took over this game for the Miners. Now the passing game, we talked about this when we we were impressed with his wide receivers, and I think you know it, it, it wasn't a a big sample size ten of twenty passing. You know Jones only completed ten passes, but for two hundred you know to complete ten passes for two hundred and sixty eight yards. I mean I'm not a good mathematician, but that's twenty six yards per completion. Yeah, and, but, if I'm and not then, mistaken, like, we talked about Devon Cooper. He made a he tremendous ma- catch in the fourth quarter. And, and, it was and, awesome. And then not only that, but there was some yards left on the field, just like you mentioned with Brandon Jones. There was a well, there, there was a, there was like three times it, where it the, was like the a big one. Tip and the with, big one was Rayshon. was in the fourth quarter when Trey Wolf did a great job of exposing a safety. I think it was a cover two corner went up and Wolf took him down the sideline in between the numbers and the hash on the near side where the press box would be, and Jones just missed him. And that right there showed me, you know what, Brent, that's that is that's a product of that full speed stuff that mm-hmm. we're going. Back and talking to because if if Brandon had had those bullets coming at him or if the defense you know the UTEP when we saw the, now that it, now that it makes sense when we when we were here ranting and raving about the receiving core is that 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 secondary is still a step or two behind but in this particular game Jones left some some passes out there and but not only, but there was positives the way he's able to, to flush the pocket stand up in the pocket that that third down that, that third down conversion um you know late in the fourth quarter where he stepped up in the pocket and hit Jacob Cowing on that crossing route or that out route going towards the sideline. 
that's playmake. That's something that UTEP hasn't had at the quarterback position in yeah. a while, and that's impressive. So while it was inconsistent and while he did leave some yards out there, I was presently surprised in the past game. And Trey Wolf, you know, obviously just two catches. The big one was the 80-yarder, and then he had, uh, I think it was middle of the third quarter, he had a big first down, uh, about a 15, 16-yard pickup on that one. Kind of took it himself. You know, not like you mentioned Cooper with the big play. McCor- Forrest McKee slipped out of the backfield yep. and had a big catch in the first yep. half as well that set up yeah, that field goal. Yeah, that was running. He was holding – it was like holding on to the ball with both hands, you know, the, the, like old the, school running. The tight end, Jess Trestle. We didn't talk yeah. about tight ends last time. When yeah. we got off the air, we're like, oh, we didn't. We previewed every position to the tight ends. You know, there's some weapons in this yeah. passing game. It's going to develop. But right now, like we mentioned, guys, the strength is going to be in the run game. But it's. I, I was fairly impressed, even though Jones wasn't as solid as he can be. And it's great that yeah. he admits that. So, yeah. you know, offensively, I, what would you grade him? I would give the offense, honestly, a, a C plus because, you know, as good as it was, I still 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 had the pick six. You 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 still had the pick six, yeah. Because I and but but there's potential that this team against Conference USA opponents can really be consistent and put up these type of numbers. When have you seen a UTEP offense put up 268 passing, 240, and that's very basic to say. And I I I was real impressed. I even talked about it during the broadcast that I love the fact that they were airing it out. You know, one of the things, but sometimes there's always stuff that happens in the games that makes you scratch your head. UTEP had all three timeouts with a minute left to go and the until halftime, and they were huddling up and like they, right. they did like twenty seconds go, thirty seconds go that they really if they would have taken a timeout, I mean, then three three plays later they're like basically it was like first down and goal like at the uh, second at the two yard line or something like that. They took one shot. It didn't. I think they took two sh- one shot and then but if they would have had the extra time. They probably could have tried to score a touchdown, but that's some of the stuff that happens that you don't really like. You kind of doesn't understand. There was a couple, and I was gonna. I wanted to get into that after we talk about defense, but let's get into it because there's two other situations too that really kind of bothered me in terms of game management. The 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 second one part, your situation would be my number one. You hit it right on the head. The second one was on that last drive where we settled for the field goal. You know, I, I think it was a third down and third down and eleven or third down and twelve, and Jones completes the pass. We get fourth down and one inside the twenty. Go for it. Yeah. Go for it. You know, if you can't get a yard and a half against the FCS program at home where you're already over two hundred and sixty yards or two hundred yards rushing two forty, whatever it is, you don't deserve to be out on the football field. That that, that irked me. That irked me right there because at that point you could tell the play. Not obviously the crowd reacted to that one. Yeah, you know Andy Morgan did mention that, but the players, you know, after that first down, that receiver I can't remember who it was, but he gets up and then once he sees the punt team come off, his shoulders drop, and the whole team's shoulders drop. You got to go for it there. You know, at home week one. Another problem that I had is is when UTEP had the ball back after the fumble after the strip fumble. 245 to go. Um, they line up kind of in a wildcat. Brandon Jones comes to the near side as receiver. There's a lot of confusion. And then UTEP burns a timeout trying to run down the clock with two minutes to go. I, for the life of me, I'm thinking, what? what, what, what? I mean, t- take the five yards. Why would you call the timeout? Basically, they basically they gave Houston Baptist four timeouts in the final two minutes. You know, if this was a UTSA or a better Conference USA team, Maybe they stuff UTEP, and then you give them the ball back with a minute 30. Uh, you know, I have I had a big, big problem with that. And, of course, you know, it, it's week one. You can all say that. But that right there, I mean, that's got to be questioned. And, you know, I, I would ask that question today. If they didn't move the they didn't move the press conference to tomorrow, I would have asked that question because I, I, I get there's confusion there. But at the same time, you've you've lined up in that wildcat all night long. You should ha- you should be very fluid in those situations. So, but 
those are things that you know that as far as the coaching staff those are stuff that that those are that stood out big time you know the fact that these kids weren't prepared from a speed uh, speed standpoint excuse me and then the way that there was just certain ways that it was managed particularly like you said the end of the first half and the end of the second half and then that i just had a problem with that there but i mean you know going forward you know if that costs you a win obviously that's going to get blown up that's going to get magnified to a bigger level it's like the first game so a lot of it's going to slide of course when you win a lot of that stuff goes out the window, but if they would have lost, then that, I think that's some of the things people would have been talking about. How come you didn't go for it there on fourth down and one? You know, but I guess you got, you got to give, give give to the kicker. He did a good job, too. You know, didn't miss any of them. Yeah. You know, did a great job there. You know, can't say Beckley, that. Beckley, I learned his name. Beckley, I was saying yeah, it wrong Gavin last week. Beckley. Uh, you, learn, you learn the kicker's name when yeah. he makes plays, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, Beckley. Um, yeah, I thought, he was clutch. He was clutch. That man's got a leg. Both, both yeah. of them. I mean, I, I, there was only maybe one return on the kickoff. You know, because both of the kickers for both teams had tremendous legs. And not only that, my man Mark Ramos, who's registering from Andrus, what up? Shout out to the Eagles. He's a, he's a kick, so they've recruited well, and that's that's awesome. There, I, I really thought special teams kind of came through. Just talk about the defense just for a little bit. You know, Brandon Zappi is that his name? Zappi was it? Was that what Tice was saying throughout the game? Yes, Zappi. I thought he was. He looked like a senior quarterback out there. I got to give the man a lot of credit. You know, he was poised really in the second half. You know, that third quarter. I mean. The guy took over. The guy looked like a senior quarterback, and that. And, and but we've talked about this defensive struggles in the secondary. It's it's going to get worse next week. You know we're going to j- transition to Texas Tech talk right now. But you know these are good learning opportunities because you know this defense is going to be better week week nine than they are week two. There's athletes out there. There was mental confusion. I just saw it a lot mm-hmm. in the secondary. UTEP played a lot of different guys. Um, now what worries me is injury wise at linebacker. Um, you know, as, as you'll talk about right now, UTEP suffered an injury at linebacker. You had a basically a third string walk on in Elijah Reese out there, um, you know, trying to go. And then he, I, I, I believe it was Tice was saying that he got heat exhaustion uh, late yes. in the fourth quarter. Actually, that was Coach Demo that said so, that. So, because it was, I'm telling you, it was hot. Down so, there. so, I was getting heat exhaustion. So, as, as, this, basically right now the defense is in flux you know the pass rush it was there at times it, it was there when we needed it but it wasn't consistent as i thought it would be i really thought this was a game and i think we said it this could be a game where utep should dominate four or five sacks they really didn't then they did when they when they had to and we talked about praise coming off the edge of how a big adjustment that's yeah. going to be to have him out there and i expect a sack or two from him a game but you you know you well, we got to get you got to create some what more are the, what are the big things that i think they need to work on and i know that coach them talked about this um is they really got to work on these penalties because sometimes these penalties are not only drive killers but they're momentum killers you talk about right off the bat that that praise had that sack the team was going crazy first drive three and out sack they're going crazy you know utep gets the ball they're running it all the way down they're like in the red zone i think it was actually there was first down and go then you get the the, the illegal hands to the face makes it first down and go at the 25, you know? And, and that, that honestly, I can tell you, that was kind of a mom, uh, momentum killer oh, yeah. for, for the team. You know, they got to work on things of that nature, you know, the penalty, you know, just, and then also you talk about special teams, you know, you know, the, the, the muffed, uh, ah, that was, a you, that, big was play. that was huge. That was an experienced and, player. And then, and then also you talk about the, the snap that went over the, the head of Brandon Jones. Like he didn't even have a chance at that. Uh, thankfully, he was able to get the sack. You know, little little mistakes like that are are what cost him games. Those are the mistakes that last year 
why they lost some of those games that they should have won. Like I said, I'll at least I'll give them credit that this 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 past game they were able to overcome their mistakes and they were able to rise and actually win the game. And like I said, I give the defense a lot of credit because when it mattered, they came up with the with the turnover. And that's Coach Cox adjusting to basically the adjustment that Houston Baptist made in that third quarter when they drove down the field, those two quick drives that they had. And, and you know, that that right there was a point of the game where you're like, okay, if UTEP can't recover from this, you know, they just basically got out coached. And the way that that final drive where, you know, you know, you're sending more pressure from the edges instead of up the middle, UTEP just really defensively, they were not as physical as they needed to be. Let's just be real up front. You know, as they use their speed, they use their athleticism, but that physicality, you know, that goes to what we've been talking about, you know, in terms of them. It's their first time really going up full speed. Yeah. Balls to the wall in a sense. You know what I mean? And and that really, I, I just hope that that can be adjusted, you know, inside the players. A lot of guys got playing time in the de- on the defensive, uh, defensive side. Uh, Joe John Smith, who really, he's been battling injuries since the spring. We didn't really see him much when we were out there in Rio Doso in the fall. Um, that's another one of those guys that I really like, and I want to see more of him. I think that, you know, he had a, a, a decent game, but you could just tell you know that this was truly truly and like we've said it's not an excuse but this was truly the first time that these kids were out there in a full speed situation and it showed and, but and the scary part of it that's an fcs school yeah that you is, know, that, I mean, that's really the scary part of it is is that now next week against texas tech uh, as we transition yeah, to it yeah. um you know the adjustments to me are just trying to play can sound we play within. tennessee again <laughs> right <laughs> thing about that I mean, georgia southern with that big huge upset against i mean re- reviewing what te- with with what Texas Tech did last week, I think through the first two quarters, they threw 42 passes, and they yeah. just destroyed uh, Montana State 45 to 10. Allen Bowman again, he's 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 gonna do what he's what he's what he's gonna do. You know, he's got another wide receiver core that's just talented. Um, you know, one of their main guys that the McLean Mannix only had four catches for 41 yards in that ball game and a touchdown. Um, you know, they have about four or five receivers that can just go off. And for UTEP, I think it's just continuing to adjust. I mean, let's just be real. Thirty five be po- very hard for that secondary. Yes. Let's just be real. Th- it's gonna be thirty five points is the line that's gonna go up. You know, Texas Tech is gonna destroy UTEP, but at the end of the day you know it's continuing to get comfortable in this defense with all these new pieces around they're trying to generate a pass rush trying to generate turnovers those are the little things that this week mike cox has to find inside his defense and if offensively overall if if they can minimize the mistakes the the stupid penalties you know but then if that offensive line can find the holes so so trayvon can get in there or josh fields or whoever they do then they can just Try to keep, well, you know, they say like you, the, the way you, de- you defeat a great offense is you keep them on the sidelines. Exactly. If they're able to eat up the clock when UTEP is on offense, you know, it could be a thing. And and that that's part that goes parlaying par- right into what I'm gonna talk about, Monster. That run game has to be on point. Yep. You know, that run game really, really. I, I go back to when UTEP played at Texas Tech a couple years ago with Aaron Jones, uh, Mac Leffage was the starting quarterback. You know, UTEP was in that ball game for the first half first quarter and a half before Aaron went out because they were running four or five yards every play. They were able to move that offensive, move the defensive line. And just, you don't need to break that big one. Jones broke a 90-yarder in that game, which kind of you need at some point. But the way that game was going, four or five yards is key in this one. UTEP's best defense in this game is going to be that running game. If Trayvon has to have 30 carries to keep UTEP in there. Now, I know it's early in the season. You don't want to burn the ship, particularly with a guy like him. But if it's working early on, if you have fields and him going off, 
that's going to be your key. Honestly, I would not be surprised to see Kai have some sort of package as well in that Wildcat, add some speed, add some athleticism. I think that would be a nice little wrinkle for them. Um, you know, the passing game I'm worried about, though. I'm really worried about pass protection. I think that right there is – that could kill a drive. A second down and seven, you know, after a three-yard run, you know, you're trying to get a short pass and then a sack. Now you're facing third and 15. That's my worry with this Texas Tech game. And, and you know, I'm a big guy of, of, of spreading the love, and I've been complaining about UTEP not having a passing game. But against this Texas Tech offense, you know, and, and establishing the run is very, very key for UTEP to succeed and, and, on defense. And believe it or not, like, uh, after, I didn't even know this, but Tyshers, when they brought it up, he, he told Brandon Jones, and Brandon Jones didn't even know this. He had, he was throwing the balls to different receivers. I can't remember how many different receivers actually caught the ball, and he didn't even, like, realize. He was like, I was just throwing it to the guy that's open. So right. he spread the love, so to say, that you're talking about there. So it's going to be an interesting test, no doubt, with uh, with Texas Tech. But if the, the big guys in the front can give him some type of protection and establish the running game, they might have a chance. And Brandon had eight different receivers. You that's know, that's eight, huge. Eight different receivers. Two of them were running back. Well, one of them wasn't running back, and then one of them was his fullback. So you, you're kind of seeing where they there's trust in him. There is trust in him. But now the question is, okay, when, when they're reviewing this film this weekend, is how much trust do they have up front? You know, are they going to make big adjustments? 77, um, you know, I believe that's Zuli Henry. Here's Zuri Henry. He was getting eight up. You know, he was getting eight up on that right side. You know, there was certain guys in there that I feel – that might have to be playing for their jobs this week on the offensive line, particularly in pass protection, even maybe to the running backs at some point. You know what I mean? Maybe that's why we didn't see Deion Hankins. You know, maybe we that's why, you know, Ray Flores, is he their best pass blocker? Those are things that UTEP's going to have to identify now over the next couple of weeks. And, you know, th this is where it gets kind of interesting for UTEP is, like I mentioned, do you burn the ship? You know, in terms of, of your guys, you, you know, at this point, you know, you're not going to beat Texas Tech. Now you have a chance to beat Nevada, but what's more important, Conference USA play at this Correct. point. You know what I mean? So that's another factor that, you, that you're going to have to kind of look at over the well, next couple uh, of weeks. Another uh, thing that's gonna, I think uh, that's going to play in their factor is that they're going to have a bye week. Right. After, after right. this Texas Tech game, they're going to have a bye week. So they're going to be able to, like you talk about, make those adjustments and put the players that they think are actually better in this slot than they thought. Give me one offensive adjustment that you want to see from game one to game two, whether it's execution on a play action, one. more play action. Yeah. That, and that's where I'm thinking that, you know, you gotta, you maybe bring in Kai Loxley for a couple of series as, as a, as a running quarterback, you know what I mean? On your running down, have him and Josh Fields back there running that read option. I think that would be a, that would be my key adjustment for that. Looking on the defensive side, I would think that Mike, really has to dial up some blitzes with his secondary. You know, they're running a 3-3-5 most of the time. I expect them to do that. Um, you know, again, they were only rushing three. I mean, and, and, you know, I know a lot of people on the message boards were complaining about, oh, why was UTEP only rushing three? You have to. Uh, you know, you have to. When, when you have so many young guys and, and, and you're trying to compensate, you need the help back there. They were dropping eight in coverage sometimes. M majority of the time in the second half, UTEP was just dropping eight in coverage. I think that was Mike Cox's is adjustment. Especially when they went to that fast-paced offense because I'm telling you, they were, they were getting back to the line quick. And, and so that's another key adjustment that I want to see in terms of does Mike, you know, how does he how does he generate a fourth and fifth pass rusher? Because three wasn't getting it done against Houston Baptist. You know, if, you, if you've seen Texas Tech, Texas Tech usually has six, seven, six, eight. 310 offensive linemen that are athletic and could probably outrun me or you in, in a race. You know, these, yep. these aren't just yep. these guys that can move. They're quick. Um, you know, this is a game where guys like Praise has to have a big game. Denzel has to have a big game. Chris Washington up front. You know, 
these guys, the ones that you rely upon to get your one-on-one coverage or, or your one-on-one help up front, they're, they're not going to get help from behind them in, in these type of situations when you're just three down linemen. So that's that's what's probably going to keep Mike Cox up this week. You know, is how do you generate that pass rush? How do you get in Allen Bowman's face? You know, the kid can make plays out of, out of the pocket, in the pocket, but make him uncomfortable. That's what UTEP, quarter, UTEP defense has not done over the past couple of years, and that's something uh, – you know, I would love to see that adjustment. I would love to see how they're going to do it. But like I said, do you burn the ship early? You know, do you show all this stuff on film just to beat a Texas Tech? You know, it's it's 35 points for a reason, the, the, the line, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's kind of twofold. But, you know, I, I just I just want to see this team continue to improve in little parts. You know, they. it's hard to say that you improve when you beat, you know, Incarnate Word by, or excuse me, not Incarnate Word. That Houston was Baptist. Houston Baptist but, by but, two but points. I, but but I offensively, can say there was improvement. There but, was, I, but I can say it is an improvement because last year, they would have lost this game. I'm telling you, they would have lost that game. That that fumble, you know, the the penalty, the 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 the, the punt that they muffed, you know, the, that they recovered, the, the the safety, those would have cost them the games, you know, like them not taking the timeouts when they're supposed to, you know. Stuff like those are the little things that were happening last year that cost them the games. Let me throw you a wrinkle just so because this is gonna come up. Kyle Oxy's the quarterback of this team. This is put Kyle Oxy was a starter. Over Brandon Jones, Jones played very poised. Does Kyle Loxley do the same, or is Brandon Jones just is, is just Brandon Jones? The, I, I felt like Brandon Jones' poise was the reason why UTEP was able to close out that final drive. Well, I'm telling you, the one thing that I was very impressed by Brandon Jones is that when he threw that pick six, he bounced wasn't right too like he bounced right back, and he was. You can tell. I can tell he was running angry. He was running mad, and the first thing he does he gets a 22 yard uh, gain. Then he gets another gain, and then they score the touchdown. You know, he he was very upset at himself. You know, this team, like even uh, even um, Trayvon Hughes talked about this, and the post game showed that that's our leader. You know, we just like like Brandon Jones said, "Hey, never get down on yourself." We believed him, went up there, and we won the game. You know, so I think I mean I can't tell you what type of accuracy uh, Kai was gonna have on some of those because I remember. Let's be honest, last year Kai really wasn't as accurate right. as, as but then again, to be fair to him, he have some of these weapons that UTEP has now, like with, with Cooper and some of the other guys that they brought in. So it's it's not it's not I have to actually see him doing that, but at the same time, Brendan Jones has earned the right to be out there. Everybody loves this guy, he's the leader of this team, you know. And there are a couple of times that I did see Kai start warming up. You know, and I thought maybe they were going to put him, but no, they they never went to him. But I wouldn't be surprised if they put him like in a Wildcat situation. I think that's how you kind of got to get him warmed up in a sense. But I, I think they can use his athletic ability. This Texas Tech game in a nutshell, I mean, they're going to have an offense. They're going to put up points. Defense is going to struggle. Second point is, you know, can we go – Blow for blow for them with them. You know, we, we you, you put up a great offensive performance against Houston Baptist. You know, looking at Texas Tech stats, they didn't really get after Montana State's quarterback that much as you would expect. You know, they only really got to him. You know, you're looking at the QB hurry, hurries and the sacks. Um, you know, behind the line of scrimmage is, is where they really dominated. They got seven tackles behind the line of scrimmage, and that's in the run game. They only got one sack, and they only got to the quarterback or hurried the quarterback three times. So, you know, you figure the run defense right now may be the strength. They're having trouble generate a pass rush, 
Montana State seemed to run the ball a lot, kind of what UTEP wants to do. They ran the ball 36 times to compare to 24 times. You know, they had four different quarterbacks going in there for Montana State. So not really a, a good gauge as far as where Texas Tech defense is for Big 12 play. But against UTEP, you know they're going to have some athletes. Um, you know, that's going to be a key. Can UTEP just continue to one move of the, the chains in the box? One thing you got to hope for, too, and let's be honest, that Texas Tech takes UTEP lightly. You know, they, they come in, ah, it's UTEP, man. They've only won two games in the last two years because now it's two games, <laughs> you know, and uh, that they take them lightly and then maybe they surprise them and maybe they can punch them in the face and they're like, oh, my God, what's going on, you know. Maybe a situation like last year when they went to Tennessee and if there was any type of offense, you know, maybe. But then again, totally different offenses between Tennessee and Texas Tech. But still, you know, where the defense showed up and they did a good job and you just never know. I mean, we're going to have to wait to see game day, but it's going to be very tough, I think, and and this is cliche, but to say, but of course, it is at 100% accurate. UTEP has to play basically like a perfect game. Oh, yeah. No penalties, no no fumbles, no pick six, none of that stuff for them to even have a chance in this yeah, game. Let's you, be realistic. And they can't play behind the chains. If, if UTEP's no. playing behind the chains on offense, I mean, that's... One a, of the things that was really that the offensive line was struggling with was the delayed blitzes that Houston oh, yeah. Baptist was giving them. And I think that's one of the things that I'm sure that they're going to work on this week on practice is the, the delayed blitz because it really was giving UTEP the offensive line uh, uh, problems this past Saturday. Matt Wells, the first-year Texas Tech head coach, his second time he's faced UTEP in this decade. If you remember 2014, New Mexico Bowl, he led Utah State to that New Mexico Bowl, and Utah State beat UTEP there in that New Mexico Bowl. So the second time Matt Wells faced him, I think he's going to do a good job there. I, I really liked him. I studied his program when, when I was at Minor Rush, and, and, you know, where is this UTEP State, where is this Utah State team coming from and seeing how he's built that. I think Texas Tech made a really, really good hire there. It's going to take a couple years for him to kind of implement that running system that he wants, but, I mean, he's got a tremendous quarterback really in a does. passing game really that's does. going to give UTEP fit. So we're going to predict that UTEP's going to lose. They're going to win, dog. Oh, They're going to win, no, dog. Miss. But I, I, I'm curious to see just how this team reacts. I mean, you know, you, you look at it, you know, you, you look at it from last year, you know, in a sense where, you know, they get rolled by Northern Arizona and all of a sudden for a half, you know, they're punching – Middle, you're punching Tennessee right in the face. It was you and you know, or, it was you, The second game was you and LV. You and LV, and then you go. But I mean, you're talking about those first two games where they yeah. just get rolled, and then week three, all of a sudden, oh, they're hanging with Tennessee. So yeah. you I know, just, you just never you know. You just never know. I I think and the and the 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 whole gist of our talk here, we were talking about it. Just we don't know yet what this team's going to be. We we've seen the talent on offense. Defensively, we know as a week one they're a mess, but we know Mike Cox is a great defensive mind and really has the ability to turn this around. So, but we knew that going in too. We, we knew it was going to be tough exactly. for that secondary. We, we knew, knew it was going to be so, tough. So it's it, it's it's a kind of a, a timely thing. I'm not going to sit here and and rip them for for winning a two point game against against Houston Baptist because let's just be real. A win is a win. Let's take it at this point. Hey, two weeks Baby from now, steps. you're not going to remember if they won by two or, or 20. But, but two weeks, three weeks from now, when conference play starts and things are still going the way, then, then we can really break down and say, okay, maybe we have an issue here. But like I said, week two, week three, that Nevada game coming in, that's really the Super Bowl before conference play. You know, let's just be honest with you. you. Like Monster said, you get a bye week after Texas Tech. You get a lot of time to work out the Kings. You got Nevada. That's a game where, you know, it's not winnable. But if you win that game, then we're talking improvement. Then we're talking UTEP doing stuff that we didn't expect them to do, whether it's the defense improving, whether it's the offense being more consistent, Brandon Jones being more consistent, and UTEP winning a game against a really good out-of-conference opponent. So taking a look at that, let's look down. Conference USA had a really interesting week of football. Um, 
you know, I it started started Thursday with you know, unfortunately UTEP wasn't in this group, but you never want to lose to a, a FCS team and a couple of uh, what happened? Tell me. So Western Kentucky lost by seven to Central Arkansas on Thursday. Uh, Charlotte took care of Gardner Webb forty nine twenty eight on Thursday. Florida International got rolled by Tulane. I did not see that one coming. Tulane rolled for International twenty four or forty. Doesn't UTEP play Florida International this they year? They do play them. Is that Miami? That is in Miami. Bienvenido a Miami. UAB struggled with Alabama State twenty four to nineteen. Those are all Thursday night games. The most surprising one though, it positive for this Rice program. They lost to Army fourteen to seven. That's not bad. That is not. That's very very respectable. And then we get into Saturday. Ohio State, we expected that, but FAU put up 21 points. Ohio State rolls Florida and uh, Atlantic 45-21, the fifth-ranked Buckeyes, by the way. Sergio Robali's Michigan Wolverines, I was about to call them Blue Devils. I don't know why. I don't know where I was getting Blue Devils from, but they played the Blue Raiders of uh, Middle Tennessee. 40-21 to 21 was the final on that one. Texas rolled Louisiana Tech 45-14. to 14. UTSA debuted a new quarterback, Frank Harris. That boy went off. He's going to be fun to watch. I hear he is very he's, good. He's going to be you fun know, to one watch. Of my, one of my cousins uh, texted me on Sunday. Yesterday was like, this guy is legit. Yeah, he's good. They rolled. had no problem with the Cardinal Ward 35-7. October 5th is when we see him here, here at, at the Sun Here in La Casa. Marshall all over VMI 56-17. And it's kind of an interesting matchup there with Old Dominion Norfolk. Another Conference USA team struggling with an FCS team. They they roll 21. Well, they don't roll. They slipped away 24-21. Southern Miss, as we expected, rolled Alcorn State 38-10. And then North Texas doubled up Abilene Christian 51-31. But, I mean, those losses, you know, any time a conference loses to FCS, you just lose automatic respect. And, you know, it's crazy to see how far Western Kentucky has gone down. When they came into the conference with, uh, I believe it was Mike White, their quarterback, they had uh, – Bobby, uh, one of the Petrino, or no, not Petrino, uh, the guys at uh, the guys at at, uh, at Purdue right now. His name will come to me right now. But either way, you know, they were the shiny new toy in Conference USA. They were talking about you know leaving the American Conference. They had come from the Sun Belt, one of the Sun Belt's top teams, and now you know what was it a couple of years ago during UTEP's winless season, UTEP could have beat them by a field goal, and I think that was probably the lowest point of for their fan base. And it just keep, continues to get worse for that Western Kentucky program. That was a program I thought could really take Conference USA to another level. It really, they really haven't over the past couple of years, and, and I'm concerned now with Florida International. This is a team we talked about last week that could be a contender out of the East. Tulane, you know, with Willie Fritz, they they're, they have their their thing rolling there. They've recruited well. Um, you know, I just it's still wide open. You know, yeah, it's it, first it's, game, it's, man. It's still wide open at Conference USA. I didn't really, we didn't really expect. You know, we knew you know Middle Tennessee was going to lose to Michigan. We knew FAU would lose to Ohio State. You know, Louisiana Tech. You know, my mom was watching that game. She told me Louisiana Tech looked like they held they held their home for a little bit. But Texas is really good this year. I mean, yeah, Texas yeah. Texas is a legit top ten program. So you know, week two. The big game, though, on Friday night that I really want to watch, even though I'm not going to be able to because I'll be doing uh, Del Valle and Central Union on Town Talk Sports El Paso for the shameless plug here, Marshall, Boise State. You know, Boise State beat Florida State at home at, at Florida State. Marshall is probably the favorite right now. That's a big game. Boise State's a 12-and-a-half-point favorite at this point. You know, I really – Where's I, that game at? That game's in Boise. Marshall – I, but I feel Mar that's going to be a lot closer than that 12-and-a-half points. That's a late start on 
ESPN. If you guys are, are doing nothing Friday night, that's a game that I would definitely watch. You know, th- that's a big one. Also on Friday, Wake Forest and Rice. Wake is an 18-and-a-half-point favorite. Um, Rice is actually at home with that one, so that's a good home game for Rice. You know, I, Rice, I, I, I want to see kind of what they did. Tells I know they have a new uh, the old Stanford offensive coordinator as their head coach, so they're trying to run the football. They're, they're going to see a lot of Stanford offense from them, double tight, three tight ends. Um, so that's going to be real interesting. Then you get into Saturday, UAB at Akron, uh, Conference USA versus the MAC Conference in that one. That's going to be a nice one. Old Dominion is a 29.5-point underdog at Virginia Tech. I think Virginia Tech will cover that one. La Tech hosts Grambling on the NFL Network. The, that the right? debut of Conference USA on the NFL Network there with Louisiana Tech and Grambling. A little Southern love there. Some crawfish going to be boiling down there in Louisiana Tech. Another Southern matchup there. How about this one? Southern Miss at Mississippi State. Mississippi State's a 17-point favorite in that one. I'm, I'm, I'm. Southern Miss might get that one. It might be a little bit closer than the 17 points. It's something to keep an eye on. Charlotte at Appalachian State. App State's a 21 point favorite. I think they could cover that one. UTSA at Baylor. UTS Baylor opened up as a 28 point dog. That's gone down. Money's flowing to UTSA and Frank Harris, their new quarterback. So that's that's going to be an interesting game. Baylor's handled UTSA well the past couple years. UCF travels to FAU, 17th ranked UCF, and then the conference USA starts with Western Kentucky at FIU. Nice little bounce back game there for FIU. They're nine point favorites. Thought that'd be a little bit higher. Middle Tennessee State hosts Tennessee State. And then the Battle of Dallas, SMU and North Texas, four-point favorites are the Ponies. That's at SMU. And then, of course, at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, or excuse me, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, Fox Sports Network, UTEP and Texas Tech, or you can listen to the game on the radio. (laughs) You can. Yes, are you guys gonna be on? Well, Chihuahua season might be done. The Chihuahuas are eliminated from the playoffs last night. Oh, so, they lost. So you guys will be back. It's on six hundred ESPN El Paso. Or, but I'm gonna be on national TV. Is that what you're saying? Fox, that's that's what you're telling me. Fox Sports, Fox Sports, Fox Sports? Regional, Fox Sports Regional. Oh, okay. I gotta look to see so they can see me regionally. Six p.m. Six p.m. Kickoff. UTEP Texas Tech right now thirty four and a half. So the the minor that. Some some the money going down to the miners open at 35, 34 and a half. I think Texas Tech covers it, but I, I just like I said, I don't think the, Texas Tech is going to cover them. Tell ooh, you, right you don't now. think they're no. going to cover? No. Give me a score. Give what me a score prediction then. What is the spread? Thirty four and a half. It's not going to be thirty four. Uh oh. I'm just saying they're not going to cover. That's a bold prediction. That's a bold that's what, prediction. I've got to be, man. Come what, on now. What time are we at in the podcast to to uh to fifty seven minutes? Fifty seven minutes. So at the fifty seven mark, everybody, we're gonna come back. I think they're gonna. I think Texas Tech covers pretty easily. Monster Dijeke, no, nope, no sir. They're not gonna cover thirty. What thirty four and a half? So they have to win by thirty. No, they have to 30, win by thirty five. They have to win by thirty five points. I, I, I would put money on YouTube. I, I, I'm gonna say it's. I'm gonna say the score is gonna be like sixty to twenty one. But it's not gonna be that bad. I think Texas Tech puts up a lot of points, but I think UTEP puts up points. I think I, I would not be surprised to see UTEP put up 20, 28 points in this one. You know, I, I'm not gonna just sit here and just totally trash UTEP defensively. They got a lot of work. But I just I, I really feel offensively Brandon Jones and that environment I think that environment when you play down there at Texas Tech it kind of brings it brings out the best in you you know when you're when you're on the road and I think Brandon Jones is one of those guys that can tr- thrive in that environment I think Brandon Jones throws for another two fifty I think the passing game and the running game does well but I mean obviously we know defensively that's where it's at but. Yeah, especially with that secondary there. It's they're they're young, you know, and you know the type of offense that Texas Tech uh, runs. It's it's gonna I got I mean, it's gonna be a tough. It's gonna be a big challenge for this UTEP team. Of course, you want the main thing is nobody gets injured when you go into a game like this, you know, because they 
They call them money games. Right. They, call, they, they call it money games for a reason. And sometimes when you pay money and you lose those games, that's when people get fired. You know, that happened a couple of years ago. You know, but I, I still think UTEP does. I think UTEP, I think Texas Tech does not cover the spread. Stay healthy. Yes. Be confident. Build confidence. And just get out of there as quick as possible, as healthy as possible, Saturday night in Lubbock. No basketball talk this week. The season's still coming up. I know practice starts the first week of October, working on a few things to get there. We've just been so football-centric over the past couple weeks trying to get Before we end the show, you got to let everybody know about the social media stuff. Where can they reach us? At Pudo Miners Radio on Twitter. We You can find this podcast anywhere you can find podcasts. Subscribe, rate. Even if we're terrible, subscribe, rate, promote, help, share, Spotify, Google Podcasts, everywhere you can find podcasts, you can find this one. Thank you all for the love. We appreciate it. We'll see you all next week, 6 p.m. We'll start tweeting with you all, UTEP Texas Tech. You got to give me that password so I can put pictures there from the Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We got yeah, to do that this exactly. week. Exactly. We got to do that unless this I, week. I, unless I send them to you, then you just post You know, you, you get... Terrible service from that stadium, though. My, I, right? I, I've I've covered I covered a playoff a high school playoff game. I've covered UTEP there. That interview room where you're at, it, it's horrible. It, it's, it's the we'll service see. there. The, we'll find out. The service is because you're kind of down. You know, the stadium is it's real high. You're literally underground in that stadium. But one of my favorite stadiums, like I told you, I, I'm, I'm gonna see how Friday night goes. I might I might surprise you up there. there. I might so. I might buy a ticket. I might not Let go as a media. I'll tell you, you can stay in my room, but you you, you don't like doing that. Stuff. Nah, but then I don't. again, I'm not staying overnight on Saturday because I got to no, be I'm back not. in El Paso. See, I'm I'm, I'm Day. I might make it a whole day trip. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. All right, how man. It goes. We'll see. I might see you there on on Saturday. Then it's possible. It's possible. It's, it's only a six hour drive. I, I got this you new car. I, I gotta a, take it out. I gotta take it. Out. Nah, I'd rather buy a ticket there and watch it from the. You watch think from you're gonna stands. be able to find one? I might have to pay a lot, but I can do it. All right, man. We'll see you then. We'll see how it goes. Appreciate y'all listening. Little miners, bro. Peace.